and thanks for joining us here at Once When I Was Cool, a weekly podcast uh, based on disappointment. Disappointment's what we go for, and our, our motto here is go in with low expectations and you're never disappointed. Um, my name is Dave. I'm your host. Uh, joining me across the across the airwaves is my mate, Wee. How are you, Wee? G'day, mate. Uh, I am the epitome of disappointment. You should just ask my wife that. She could guarantee it and the rest of my family. Yeah. Uh, big, big shout out to uh, producer Simon, who is no disappointment. If anything, uh, I'd like to little, be a little bit more like him. He's uh, getting us uh, out there to your earballs with our sultry, sultry tones. And, uh, yeah, I think I believe we might even have a, um, a guest speaker again today, a guest host, a, a guest, a, a guest, I guess. I guessed, yeah. Joining us again, uh, backed by popular demand, and actually for the uh, for the episode that we planned to, there's no surprises here today. We're joined again by Crystal. How are you, Crystal? I'm fine, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, going pretty well, thanks. A bit, little bit more surly today because uh, just not sure what's going to e- happen. Even a week later, you still haven't gotten over it. <laughs> a little bit burnt, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I have to say, look, once in every lifetime there comes a love like this and, you know, I know you and I need you and you need me and, oh, my darling, can't you see? So we, Crystal, once when I was cool, we used to watch a show called The Young Ones and The Young Ones was one of those generational type shows that was aimed at that younger audience and I was reading a review of it that said it actually got snuck by the uh, TV, um, the the big wigs, the boffins, because they didn't think that it would uh, go so well and they said, oh, I'll give it a go. Um, we, do you remember the young ones? I hope yeah, so, otherwise we've wasted this episode. It'll be short, but uh, that's why we have uh, Chris Dahl here. Look, I remember it on the ABC. It was um, it was great. There's particular uh, episodes that spring to my mind. Um, I won't go into them yet. I'll, uh, you know, there's just the, the main characters, old mate with his, um, with his uh, studs across his head. And Neil, who's just a big stoner, um, with his long hair and a bit of a hippie. So, yeah, I do remember him. I remember the song, the same song. It was great. That was quite the synopsis, mate. I might hand over to uh, Crystal to get a little bit more in-depth. Crystal, did you like The Young Ones? I hope so, because that's what you're here for. Well, yeah, I do like my TV and I, our whole family loves The Young Ones, meaning the three kids, and um, mum comes up with a few... Gems every now and then. It's worked its way into our vocab, our vernacular. Um, yeah, we loved it. Uh, set in uh, the early 80s. Uh, four students in Thatcher's Britain is what I, how I saw it described and I think that's pretty... Pretty exact. Yeah, so four uni students uh, living in a uh, living in a shared flat, as they called it at the time. And if you're not familiar with the young ones, I, I certainly recommend that you go and have a look at it. It's it, as Crystal said for for Glenda, her and I. It really made a um, a big impact on our lives. I was only it was made in 1982, and the second series I think was 1984. Um, and I was certainly a primary school child at that time. I, I was um, a primary school going into um, going into high school and um, it certainly was a big show at the time. I remember as a kid that young, it was a little bit rude. Um, there was a little bit of uh, risque language and some some of the themes I didn't understand until I was an adult. But I reckon that I've probably watched the young ones, many, oh, I couldn't count how many times I've watched it, but every couple of years I, I get it out. I've got them on DVDs and I don't know that it's on any of the streaming platforms in Australia, but I certainly watch it every opportunity that I can. The... Um 
the change from when it first came out to later on, it actually went from an afternoon type show into an evening and late at night show. I think they did realise that the the content of it was a little bit more adult than the time slot that they had it in. So I do remember it being on late, sort of about 10 o'clock um, on, on the ABC. I think it might have been Monday or Tuesday night from what I can remember. But... Um, yeah, it was the same because my older brother was three years older, so he was in that sort of modern age group there. Um, I don't know, mate. Is he not still three years older? No, he, he was. I've caught up and then dropped off a bit. You're just a... anyway. <laughs> you crack yourself up, don't you? That's just, right. That's right. But he was three years old. Still is three years older. There you go. But um, so he'd have been about the fifteen, sixteen-year-old mark um, when it came out. So. I uh, used to tag on watching it with him where I could. Uh, but the younger brother who was still playing with Barbie dolls, no. You know that he still listens to this, don't you? You just yeah. you still got to torment him. Yeah, it's fun. So, Christa, what about you? What What were your thoughts? Because at the time it was something that we used to see. I, I remember I, uh, in 1982 I certainly didn't see the first series and it wasn't until the second series came around uh, that I that I saw it. But it wasn't as easy to see the uh, the older episodes because you couldn't just go and get it out on, a, on VHS and you certainly didn't have a streaming service or the internet or a computer to be able to look it up. How do you remember seeing it? Um, I don't remember how we first got into it, but I do remember that we had the VCR and we were able to tape shows and I think we played it over and over and over again until the tapes sort of wore out. But um, we just loved it and I, um, I, yeah, the four characters, they're also different. Um, it, it was just so surreal and bizarre and, and, and yeah. I- Anarchic, that was the other word that described it. It was a, it was a yeah. form of anarchy in their house that they lived in this idealised uh, place. So, I mean, Vivian was the punk and Neil was the hippie, as you said. And then there was Rick who was who described himself as the people's poet and the voice of the kids and he was just a complete prat. Um, and then there was Mike the cool person who was who was he was just this suave sort of person who, when it came down to it, was just as hopeless as all the others, but they all played these characters so well. I think Mike was sort of the hardest to define. Like I, I think Rick, yeah, he's the would-be anarchist, but he loves Cliff Richard. Um, Vivian's a punk and he's studying medicine and, um, yeah, Neil's the hippie, almost like the, the mother, the unappreciated cook. And, and then Mike was supposedly the most cool person but um, the most normal, but actually he seemed to be the most strange he did things that even the other three wouldn't really understand. So I didn't like him as much, to tell the truth. <laughs> and then they had, um, and then they had Alexi Sale just came in with a completely yeah. offbeat sort of a sense of humour and comedy that was just this abstract sort of um, violent over-the-top shouting type humour that complemented it quite well, surprisingly, even though it was sort of a break in between everything else. And his parts usually were mostly only bit parts, but occasionally the Belowski, Belowski, Belowski family had some sort of ongoing theme through it. Um, 
And then you'd then for no good reason you would just have a band turn up. Like there was Madness, there was Dexy's Midnight Runners, there was a couple of other other bands in there that I can't think of at the moment. But Motorhead. it just motor yeah, <laughs> Motorhead. Wow, there you go, exactly. And so you've just got all these different sorts of it was almost like a variety show type thing. And then in between it there'd be explosions or beating each other with with frying pans or bursting through walls and all sorts of mad sort of things. Well, and like the, the sorry, the rats um, in the corner um, talking to each other every now and then, and then they zoom into a, a matchbox, and the matchbox would say, "Don't look at me, I'm irrelevant." It's just yeah, so weird. Or, or tell that to, <laughs> or tell that to Roger Bannister, and then the Bannister starts talking to them. And I had no idea at the time. I thought that was the most obscure thing that had nothing to do with it. Little did I know that Roger Bannister was the first man to run the four minute mile. So yeah. you know, I'm only five minutes late. Tell that to Roger Bannister. It's only five minutes, Roger. <laughs> oh, how very interesting. So it's just. It's just that sort of obscure, absurdist sort of humour that was just so refreshing. And for me, as a young kid, I just enjoyed it so much. And I still enjoy it now, even even in my late 40s, I still enjoy it. I think if you like a show and it hits you as a young kid, it sticks with you. It doesn't matter what it is. Now, we've done a few shows, um, a few episodes, sorry, on TV shows and, and um, movie stars and, and things like that. None of them have changed for me and I don't think, like, it it's probably is not as impacting as it was for you guys, but it, it, I do remember certain episodes. I, I do remember, you know, um, your Vivian just smacking himself in the head constantly and headbutting things and, you know, going going through walls and the, the whole um, Neil being a stoner and just the way he talks was just phenomenal. Well, there was that one episode where Vivian was pregnant and they were all unemployed yeah. and they ended up shoving up all the furniture so they could make it. And then it turned to turn. And he was the medical student and said that That's he was right. pregnant. And then they said, "How could, Rick said, how could you be so careless? And then it ended up being a big fart that they blew up the whole house. I mean. That's right. Where do you. That's do you, the one of the episodes. <laughs> Yeah, or another one where they're sick and they keep um, blowing their noses and throwing snot all around the house. It's just just this sort of stuff that these days, the kids these days probably wouldn't find funny. Sorry, where you're just glitching out a little bit there. I take it you weren't saying anything, you were just agreeing? Correct. <laughs> Christelle? I think um, I was watching bits and pieces of it in my preparation, which... Yeah. for nothing. Um, Vivian, yeah, Vivian, um, I think this sort of sums him up. He says, this calls for a delicate level of psychology and extreme violence. Yeah. So that that's him. That sort of summed it up really. And, yeah, um, oh, yeah. Sure, and then, yeah. of course, there was our favourite part where they're talking, sitting amongst them, middle of it, and I know that Glenda will agree with this, Crystal, was um, the part where Rick says, hands up, who likes me? Um, I was talking about how one of the one of the favourite scenes that um, the Glenda and Crystal and I always bring up, even today, was the scene where the the group are sitting around the table talking, and Rick says, "Hands up, who likes me?" And nobody puts their hands up, and everybody um, keeps talking, and then it all turns into a to a big uh, to do. Then it's probably one of the funniest scenes um, where Rick doesn't believe that people don't like him and then they all have a vote and they all put their hands down. Crystal, do you remember that one? Yes, I do. Hands up, who likes me? I said, hands up, who likes me? We heard you, Rick. Why don't you like me? And Vivian says. 
Yes, because you're a complete bastard. Yes, and then it goes downhill from there. And he then tries to overdose in in a very um, in the very fashionable way by taking a hand by a bottle full of laxatives, and then it goes downhill and becomes toilet humor, which is what I really loved about it. Love toilet humor. Toilet humor. It doesn't get old. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old you get. Um, never gets old. Yeah, and so one of the, um, I guess it was that sort of toilet humour as well that made it, it made it so funny because, you know, I've always enjoyed toilet humour and it was sort of an evolution from, I guess, the Monty Python type skits that always sort of had that level of absurdity about it with just ridiculous sort of concepts, but it was, they were sort of more skits rather than ongoing stories. Yeah, and I think that's, and I think... I think if you look at the show, and, and like you said, they had bands on. If you take a step back, it was probably one of the earliest skit slash variety shows, like you said. And it was uh, in in uh, in the early eighties, so it was all of that British pop. We had a lot of American style um, comedies, very limited, very limited in Australia um, English um, comedies. Uh, it was the only. Um, like on the ABC, they would have it, but um, to me, it was more of that really hit at the uh, teenagers. Uh, I think, and one, like I said, once you get into it, it's just fantastic. It's just, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it was one of the the first sort of uh, sitcom type shows. It was actually age aimed at a younger generation. All the old ones, I mean, the the variety type skit shows was uh, things like the Two Ronnies and. Um, uh, Dick Emery and some of the other sorts of comedy oh, duos, de- which degeneration and things like that. Yeah, we're all we're all sort of aimed at at an at an adult crew, whereas this one sort of aimed towards that young young twenties and and late teens type uh, group, and that's that's the sort of audience that it captured. Yeah, um, it also introduced a lot of um, people that went on to big uh, careers in comedy, like. Um, Jennifer Saunders and Dawn French, um, Emma Thompson, Hugh, Hugh Laurie, Laurie. Mm. Stephen Fry. Uh, Stephen Fry, yeah. Uh, that University Challenge episode that they were in, that's probably my favourite episode. Mm. It has to be probably one of the mm. best. Um, but interestingly from that, um, it set up the comedy comedy troops as well because uh, those guys minus, I mean, I know that... Um, that Rick, Vivian and Neil went on to make the comic strip presents with a guy called Peter Richardson. And they did a lot of sort of shows. And there was a, there was an episode, they used to do sort of like one-off special type shows. And there was one that they had, which was called bad news where they form a, um, where they form a heavy metal band based on the, um, based on the, you know, the early eighties type heavy metal bands um, where Adrian Edmondson was the main guy and his name was Vim Fuego and um, his real name yeah. was Alan and he was a painter and decorator and they travelled around in his van but he was the hardcore metal enthusiast and they end up going to places like um, Castle Donington which was one of the Monsters of Rock which was one of the big deals so they obviously still had a bit of pull and a bit of popularity about them. And from that, they um, Rick Mayle and Adrian Edmondson went on to do a show called Bottom, which probably went for even longer than um, longer than um, 
than the young ones did because the young ones only had the two series. And that was probably the other thing about the young ones was it was only two years apart, but they um, they only did the two series. And the only other thing that could probably match that popularity and that ability of having only done 12 total episodes, which is all the young ones was, was Faulty Towers. Um, Faulty Towers was on in 1977, I think 1975 and 1978, and it only did 12 episodes as well. And that's I think huge. That- Yeah, I think that's the whole um, thing about quality British shows is that when when you they cut it off when it's still good enough that every episode is still good and it doesn't sort of jump any sharks um, and it leaves people wanting more and I think that's what makes a real classic um, show. It's a bit like me and my personality. Yeah, we can only take that much of it. And people people actually like those shows though. Yeah, but it's more le- more more um, having people wanting more. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's it. More, more yeah. is less, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, and from that, I remember, Crystal, uh, we went to see Adrian Edmondson when he was with his punk folk band, which is quite oh, a yeah. quite an understanding itself. And I think most of the – and, look, they were very good musicians and it was a good show. It was a small, intimate show, so he got up close to them. But he was definitely – Adrian Edmondson was definitely the draw card and, and, and the music was good, but I think that three-quarters of the audience there was there just to hear him do the voice of Vivian. Which he did at the very end, I think, um, or he did a laugh every now and then and everyone just go, oh, Vivian. And he, at, was, he was at, fantastic. And at the beginning, though, he stood up and said, yes, I used to play Vivian, but this is not a Young Ones show. So it's, um, I guess that with the Young Ones, though, it's still something that I really enjoyed, would like to go and see again. Um, I would like, I, they made it so the ending though, and no spoilers here, but the ending was realistically, um, they were never going to bring it back because the way that the series ends made sure that it was never going to come back. Um, and I take, I take it that they'd all had enough of it. That was the reason why I'm not sure, sure what the, the end result was in that. I actually did read why it was. Um, <laughs> Rick Mayall, Ben Elton and Lise Mayer, who was Rick's girlfriend at the time, they were the writers and they just decided um, to end it, kill them off. Spoiler, sorry. It's that old though. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they they couldn't think of anything else um, for them. So they just thought, yeah, and also I think it was to do with looking a little bit deeper. Rick's love of Cliff Richard, and he used to talk about Cliff. Does he feel like a Cliff? Mm. And um, and that has something to do with the way it ends. <laughs> um, could have been something like that. And that said, after the show finished, they did a comic relief um, skit with Cliff Richard singing. Uh, what is it? Summer holiday, Living which Doll. was fantastic. Living doll, yeah, yeah, living doll. Living that's right. doll. And they yeah. had to record it because Vivian was so loud singing the microphone. Cliff had to go into another um, soundproof booth <laughs> because he couldn't be in the same room with him because he kept blowing his ears out. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, you can see it on yep. the film clip, I think. Yeah, yeah. He just winces the whole time. Huh? <laughs> 
But it's interesting. I remember, oh, I remember at the time yes. that when um, when they recorded that because it came out, I think, 12 months, 18 months after the last episode of The Young Ones, people then sort of started trying to do the rumours of, um, oh, are they coming back because they're obviously not dead? But that wasn't within the context of the show and um, they no. certainly never came back. And I think they did a couple of live, um, you know, at the, at, the, um, at the Red Nose Day type things and um, comic relief things. I think they did do a couple more um, appearances, but I don't think that they were ever um, a part of it anymore. So, so my question is, um, you know, because we're the, the nostalgic and we, we try and say, you know, do we miss it, do we not miss it, has there anything been anything equal to that has come along in your, Dave? For me, um, Bottom was just as good, if not better, than The Young Ones, and I say that with a lot of... Um, a lot of thought and I know that a lot of people will disagree with me. Well, probably, I don't know, does anyone listen? Let us know if you have a disagreement, once was school podcast at gmail.com. Um, but for me, bottom, because Rick Mayle and Adrian Edmondson, are, to me, are probably the greatest comic actors of all time. Um, and sadly, Rick Mayle has passed on since then and um, he died at a, at a relatively young age of 56. Um, and I'd only heard probably... Uh, six, 12 months before when we, um, Christelle, when we went to see him play in his, uh, in his uh, band, in his folk band, he was doing a radio uh, interview in Brisbane and someone said, would you ever get back together with Rick to do another? Because apparently Rick wanted to do a fourth series of Bottom and um, Adrian Edmondson said, no, my days of comedy acting are over. And Rick, while it looks great on stage, is actually quite difficult to work with because of the way that he's always on. And I think they found it quite tiring. And then, of course, Rick Mayle died suddenly um, too soon. And... Um, uh, for me, Bottom was probably the greatest show that it was. It was more of that absurdist comedy where they were just hopeless. They thought they were the ladies' men and they were just terrible. Um, they were unemployed down and out and there was just all this comedic violence went on where lots of um, slamming each other's heads in pianos and, um, and um, you know, that sort of thing. Plus they went on to do some live shows. And, um, but interestingly enough, bottom, if you haven't watched it, you might want to turn off for the next 15, jump forward 15 seconds or so at the end of bottom in the end of the third series, they both get shot by the police. Um, so it's a, um, you know, a comedic way to end it as well. They, they make sure that the characters can't come back again. Mm, I'm not going to watch it now. Okay. <laughs> You're missing out. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have to have a look at that. What about you, uh, Christelle? Well, to my mind, I don't think there's anything quite like it. Uh, I don't know whether Blackadder sort of stemmed from that. I wasn't. I like Blackadder. So Christelle's frozen out there, and she's talking as about how she enjoyed being... Blackadder. Sorry, Christelle, you just um, you've just sort of glitched out there a little for a minute. You were talking about how you enjoyed yeah, Blackadder. I don't know. If... I was just saying I don't know if um, Blackadder sort of sprung from that. Uh, I would say that there's there's nothing quite like the young ones, but I think for its time um, it was so new and shocking. But I think these days anything like that with the with the mindless violence and the, the swearing and, um, you know, I just don't think it would sit the same way people would get offended. Um, I mean, it was offensive, but it was funny. Um, of the time. Yeah. 
but, for the you time, know, yeah. The line, the line in the sand has changed. What was funny then is not necessarily deemed as funny now, even though we might still laugh at it. It's, um, it was funny for the time. It was acceptable humour for the time because they were very politically correct at the time as well. Well, they tried to be. But, um, you know, Rick's saying things to uh, Vivian's mother when he met her, like, tell me, Mrs Vivian, why did you give him such a girl's name? And then they sort of clobber him for it and say, oh, he is a bastard, isn't he? Um, and things like that. You know, would that be even, like that seemed quite harm- harmless, but would that be even seen as a bit sexist or nowadays? I don't know. Uh, I still think always, it's... There's always some snowflake out there that would get offended by it. So. <laughs> yeah, of course there is. This is everyone. Yeah. Everyone's always offended by something, unfortunately. Hmm. What about you, Wee? Did you enjoy it at the time? While you said you didn't know as much about it as we did, what did you um, sort of think? Look, I, I, I liked it for what it was. For me, it was that little bit more uh, next-level adulty humour from when I first watched it in 80, 82 and 84. And then it had the reruns when I was um, a bit bit um, older, sort of... Um, you know, the 16, 17-year-old, so I could appreciate it a lot more. Um, and I've seen little bits and pieces of it here and there. It's To me, it's uh, once that sort of humour, uh, that I have that sort of humour and I like those shows, it doesn't matter how old I am, I'll always like it. It's a bit like, for me, the in-betweeners now. I watch them quite I regularly. Guess, I guess that is something that would compare. Uh, I'd forgotten about the, well, I don't know how I forgot about the in-between is because it's an incredible show as well. But yeah, I guess it's sort of that similar sort of thing. It's it's just as uh, irreverent and uh, probably a little bit more graphic than the than the young ones was. But for the time, yeah, I, I guess that's something that does compare the four young students um, mm. who, uh, you know, get up to all sorts of misadventures, think they're the ladies' men and, and aren't. Uh, quite clearly. And then when you look at them, the characters are pretty similar if you sort of have a look at them and you go down the – you can do a comparison to to Neil and to um, Neil. Neil and Neil. Mm. Yep. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Yep. <laughs> so if you have a look at the four characters from the young ones and have a look at the four characters from the in-betweeners, yeah. to me it's like the modern-day young ones. Sort yeah, of that's true. I'd never considered it like that. I guess you could consider that um, – that um, Will is a bit like, uh, probably more like Mike than, well, is he? Um, but Jay is certainly Vivian. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And Jay's just a whole next level. And so when you're looking at it, it's, um, to me, that that's the comparative. So I love the in-betweeners. And, you know, looking back at uh, the young ones, I can see the, a lot of similarities there, you know. I can see... Yeah, I actually think I appreciate um, the young ones more, and I and I got to as I got to know about it. Like I, I think I've watched the Inbetweeners, but I don't think it's nearly as clever as what the young ones was. Like you know, as I got uh-huh. older and I understood, I understood more about the you know the British politics that they make jokes about, and even yep. Alexi Sales parts. I never used to like him, and I, I actually got to like his parts more. Uh, when I was watching it at an at an older age, so I think it was actually very very clever. Whereas um, in between is yeah, I, I, I don't really like it. Sorry, in between is <laughs> appeals more to the teenage boy 
in us because we grew up and even though it's 30 years later on, you can still relate back to what you were like as a teenage boy. Yeah. Um, you, you, there was still a I lot can't. of that. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> there's a lot um, There's a lot in that. But, yeah, now you mention it, we I can see there's a lot of comparisons between it. But you're right, uh, Crystal, it's not nearly as political as it was. Yeah, and I think um, even the, the little side bits, like I, I, what stands out to me is um, this side thing where they had the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, this is kind of what some of the things that date young ones a little bit where there's famine, pestilence, war and the, the other, other one. one. And famine goes, oh, I'm famished. And pestilence goes, so what's new? And war goes, microchip technology. It's, uh, it's quite new. <laughs> mm. But that was all of them. Kind of like, that yeah, was just that, all that of them dressed new. up. It was, yeah. Mike, yes, it was. It was Mike, Neil yeah, and Vivian dressed up and then Death yeah. was sitting on the horse as a skeleton. Yeah. And then he said, yeah, but, um, how's about yeah. a bloody sandwich and goes, oh, cheese, and throws it. And then the, then the cheese sandwich is massive and lands, and lands on Dawn French and squashes her. Yeah. Just, just, just ridiculous <laughs> tie-ins. Or, or what's, a, what's a fatumsh? Yeah, what's a fitumich? What's a fitumich? Oh, look, a little girl, and then the, the yeah. So all these different sorts of lines that turn yeah. up, and 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 why does that still sit with me after all this time? But it does. It's just that yeah, comedy. So anyway, I, I think it was great for the time. I don't know that it would still stand the test of time should they make it again. I, I think it's it's best left left as the original and not try to remake it. Mm. Um, what about you, E? Oh, look, I agree. I think um, it was what it was and it, it did have um, uh, a lot more meaning, as uh, even Chris Dale said, and there's more meaning in behind. It's layers and it's different age groups have different, you know, it's different layers in it. Um, to me, I look at, at uh, the in-betweeners as the sort of modern-day version of, of those guys in terms of maybe not so much the political speech but more around just the shenanigans and anarchy that they try and cause. Crystal? Um, I don't know. I don't know what you're asking. Sorry. Was it, <laughs> is it better left as it was or would it still stand up today? Should no, they remake it? Should, it? It should never be remade. It should never be remade. They'd make it. No, nah, that's a no, hard no. All right, what are your thoughts? Let us know. Did you watch The Young Ones? Did you enjoy it? Did you think it was as good as The Inbetweeners? What are your thoughts on The Inbetweeners? Let us know. Our uh, email account is oncewascoolpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us at oncewascool.com. is our website. It's got all our old episodes, or you can reach out to us on Facebook at Once When I Was Cool. Um, Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening in. If it's your first time listening in, I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for giving us a chance. If you're a returning listener, thanks so much for thanks so much for downloading every week. You're, it really means a lot to we and I and to Simon. Um, we've you know we're, we we really enjoy just getting together and have a chat, and we hopefully uh, give you this a level of enjoyment as well. Um, any last words, Chris Dahl? Um, I'd like to know if you know who holds the record for stuffing marshmallows up one nostril. Talk to the Grady. USA, 604. <laughs> we? <laughs> See ya. <laughs> All right. Simon, thanks very much. Chris Dahl, we, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you again soon. Um, yeah, talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.